healthcare system is broken, but it doesn't have to be. This is Revenue Cycle Optimized by Infinix Healthcare. We discuss the latest challenges in the revenue cycle space and provide actionable tips on how to overcome them at your organization. I am pleased this week to be joined by Akarsh Sethi, our Senior Product Manager here at Infinix. Um, today, we're going to chat about the latest in coding technology, some of the coding challenges that folks are facing, and then also give you a preview of our latest coding solution and answer any questions that you might have. So welcome back, Akarsh. Happy to have you. Great to be back. All right, so let's jump right in. Let's talk about why claims are being denied right now because of coding and what you're seeing in the market. Yeah, so there's various problems that providers face with respect to claims not being clean, where claims are being rejected or claims are being partially reimbursed, right? And uh, you know, coding is certainly one of the impact areas that causes this, but you can trace it back all the way to front-end RCM, something that a lot of providers overlook. You know, a lot of claims, problems related to claims can be avoided by a better front-end RCM process as well, such as verifying patient eligibility, properly making sure that you know what procedures require prior authorization and obtain those prior authorization. But then once you seep into the mid-revenue cycle process, uh, right before claim submission, uh, medical coding becomes an important area to consider when looking at problems with claims. Medical coding certainly is the most uh, intensive and complicated uh, administrative process out of all the different RCM administrative processes, including the front-end ones that I just talked about. And the reason for that is it's not just administrative in nature, right? You also require some clinical and domain expertise to have the right type of coding done for your patients and on their charts. So a medical coder isn't just looking up tables, finding right ICD-10 or DRG or CPT codes, but he or she is also making sure that there's medical necessity checks being met and individual payer guidelines being adhered to. So. Essentially, uh, medical coding poses a unique challenge compared to other RCM administrative processes. So what do you think in terms of why providers are facing these coding-related challenges? What's really driving it? I mean, you talked about it being a manual process. What else is driving that? Yeah, so, I mean, because we talked about how unique this function is and the level of expertise required you thus require the highest amount of skilled workers to do this, right? So medical coders are perhaps the most skilled in terms of users that are performing these different RCM functions. And uh, we hear this now all the time, the, the prevalent nature of staffing shortages and how adversely that's affecting healthcare providers. You know, the higher the skill of the worker here, the bigger you feel when it comes to staffing shortages because the harder it is to attract and keep that personnel. So this is definitely one of uh, the big problems that providers are facing right now, which is lack of availability and high churn of skilled medical coders. 
And, uh, you know, skill also varies depending on the type of coding that's being done, whether it's inpatient or outpatient, how specialty specific is it? Is it a low complexity specialty like radiology, for example, or is it a high complexity specialty such as cardiology? The second thing when I talk to healthcare providers that, you know, they outline is the ability to keep up with the different commercial payers guidelines, right? A lot of providers, you know, depending on the constraints that they're dealing with and the time that they have dedicated to this function, they just look at the the CMS guidelines and uh, they typically adhere their coding to that or within radiology, they look at one specific generalized set of guidelines However, what ends up happening then is specific commercial payers uh, sometimes will pop up and for something that you would assume always gets coded a certain way, one specific payer, say an Aetna or Cigna, might need some additional modifiers. And that's where healthcare providers have outlined to me that face where they face some of the highest set of denials where either their staff doesn't have the experience or expertise or they just don't have the time to check against every specific uh, commercial payer guideline that uh, you know their patients carriers belong to along those same lines uh, we also have to keep up with updates to the codes themselves right i mean especially over the past 2 to 3 years a lot of new codes have been out ICD codes, but also uh, procedure codes. And uh, with that comes, how do you code them? How do you bundle those codes? Um, what are the guidelines to code them? And, uh, you know, there's talk now of also ICD-11. So there's constant changes that are happening to the, the, the system of codes that uh, healthcare providers have to use. And then also subsequent changes in the guidelines. The last thing that I'll talk about here is, and a lot of providers will relate to this, especially on the outpatient side, is not clean documentation. They'll get patient charts coming from the ordering provider, and you know it will not adhere to certain formats and criteria, and it'll have missing information, or it won't meet medical necessity in some cases, and then there just has to be a bunch of back and forth a lot of times they're unable to get uh, the right information from the ordering physician. So essentially, these are some of the top challenges that I see in the market today. So it seems like a lot of providers are starting to look towards technology, especially given that, let's be honest, we had a coding shortage prior to COVID, right? It, it was tough to find good quality coders. And so I think a lot of providers are certainly much more open to technology at this point. Um, so can you talk a little bit about some of the why in terms of why providers are looking yeah. to technology and then also what kind of technology is helpful? Yeah, I think there's two main reasons, right? And you alluded to one of them, which is uh, in other RCM functions, you know, like eligibility verifications or prior authorizations, uh, providers have had more of a penchant to look towards technology solutions. But when it came to medical coding, especially for work of complex uh, settings and specialties, providers have had this inhibition of 
you know, leaving some of that work to technology. And, you know, rightfully so, because the, the risk was higher, the impact of having wrong codes is much higher because it's that's it, right? Whatever you're coding right then, that's what's sent out to the payer from a billing point of view. So two things have caused changes in this attitude. One is like a lot of changes in regular functions and processes, right? COVID essentially accelerated uh, the technology horizon by a few years where it forced people's hands to explore technology uh, in these ways where the staffing shortages were so compounded and, and you know, they still are where you, know, you want it to get and take any help that you can get. But again, though, right, at what cost? It has to be accurate. It has to add value. And that's the other main reason, which is over the past decade and then past few years, especially after 2017, there's been advances in technology that have really created value in assisted or autonomous coding, really. So coding technology has existed since a long time, right? Uh, Computer-assisted coding is not something that's new. However, the technology behind it and the value that it adds has significantly improved over the past few years. And uh, the main reason for that is just developments and breakthroughs in natural language processing. Uh, And I'll get to that in just a second. But before that, most assisted coding solutions leverage rules-based logic, uh, essentially based on keywords and uh, semantic ontologies. And what that means is they would look at a chart, they would identify words, and they would have rules that essentially try to the best of their abilities, make sense of language. So let's say you have, you identify a word, lower extremity, you identify a word in another sentence, uh, ankle pain. So you devise a rule that says that, hey, this diagnosis and this diagnosis have to be bundled together, for example. What uh, providers found, though, was that uh, this technology didn't yield very high accuracy. There was still a lot of problems using just a keyword identification-based compounded with some sort of semantic rules just wasn't good enough, right? And this goes back to just how complex the task at hand here is. And uh, to truly automate some of these functions, you have to get as close to human understanding and interpretation as you can. And um, that's where the advances in natural language processing have really helped. Natural language processing is you know, a subsection of artificial intelligence that essentially focuses on you know, understanding and interpreting human language and text. It's the technology behind Alexa, for example, why Alexa or your home uh, immune voice devices can understand you and do things accordingly. So as I said before, there's been certain advances in natural language processing in the later half of the last decade. And then those advances have been tailored and applied into the clinical domain because clinical language is specific and has its own intricacies compared to just a verbal conversational language. 
So what this has now allowed us to do is really get into a new dimension in terms of understanding and hence automating the understanding of patient charts and then thus extraction of meaningful information from those patient charts, which in this case could be codes, procedure codes, diagnosis codes. What it adds to a simple keyword plus rules-based approaches, it adds uh, context awareness. It adds the ability to understand negation, for example. So what that is, is a concept where a certain procedure, a certain diagnosis will be highlighted, but uh, within the context of the sentence, it actually is telling you that that does not apply to the patient. You know, in an older keywords-based approach, it, you would actually extract a totally opposite meaning of that. But using NLP, you not just looking at a specific word, you're looking at the sentence, you're looking at the paragraph, and you're tying different uh, sentences and words together to get a complete and holistic, comprehensive understanding of what's going on. You're taking into account additional things such as contraindications that might be taking place so that when you are checking for medical necessity, you're doing it in a way that is really mimicking human understanding as much as possible. So that is why right now uh, providers are looking and are more comfortable with a technology-based approach to medical coding. So you talked a little bit about the technology, what some of the challenges were previously, how NLP can help. So what is an ideal solution look like that helps address these coding challenges? Right. So a, a holistic, comprehensive solution, of course, uh, leverages some of these technology capabilities that I talked about. But I think um, there's other components here uh, that have to be considered as well. If there is another product that providers have to use, go to, it has to be able to integrate within their billing system or their EMR so that providers are not facing uh, additional work in trying to re-enter data or re-upload clinicals, right? Everything should be seamless. So a solution has to have those integration capabilities to be able to extract patient information and patient charts. It has to have the ability to assign work, allocate work to different users, because as I'll get to it, right, as much as the core AI and NLP can find and extract codes, I think there's still a percentage of cases and requests where a human validation and audit is absolutely required. So, you know, you need to have those allocation and assignment capabilities. So basic workforce management capabilities. You need to have uh, the NLP technology behind it, right? You want to make sure that the, the most cutting edge technology is deployed to really give you the, the value add that we're talking about, which is automatic identification of procedures and diagnoses, and then the subsequent codes that correspond to those diagnoses and procedures. And lastly, I think um, you should have the ability to know what's going on. So reporting and analytics features in any product that you use, always helpful. 
Great. So I think now we're going to jump in and you are going to give us a demo of our new coding accelerator solution. Absolutely. And I'll just uh, set some context here. I think, you know, at Infinix, we've been, what we're trying to build is, you know, we've taken an approach to combine best of the both worlds in terms of human coding versus just pure autonomous coding, because we still feel that what happens in pure autonomous coding is a lot of human effort is anyways required in auditing cases or a large percentage of cases or charts are still kicked back to human providers because depending on small variations, the autonomous coding is unable to handle those. And then on the other hand, you know, when you have just pure human manual coding, you don't really see any improvements in coding time or accuracy. So what we have done, what we have built is an accelerator. We call it an accelerator solution that essentially identifies procedures, diagnoses, gives you codes for it, uh, but then asks you to make sure that everything looks good. So we're not compromising on accuracy, but we are increasing the speed of coding. And uh, the product right now is in beta. So I just want to be clear about that as well. So if anyone over here is interested in becoming a beta customer, just feel free to reach out to Kate after the call. So with that, I will share my screen. There's two components to this. I'll walk you through the workforce management part real quick, and then we'll see the, the NLP capabilities. So we have the ability in our coding accelerator to integrate with EMRs and billing systems so that you don't have to come on here, create new records, upload clinicals. We can just source them from your system itself uh, through different ways, through APIs, through HL7s, through SFTP-based integrations. Once work is here, it can be assigned to users. So I can just click on a specific case and assign it to anyone here. You'll see, you'll see a list of all your users. You'll see their roles. The product supports different roles. You'll also see a quality or performance score that is essentially dynamically being calculated based on audits that are done on the work of standard users. So for example, if I have coded in 100 codes and uh, during the audit of my work, uh, 99 of them were great, but one of them was wrong, then my score would drop down to a 99. It would also show you the backlog. So how much or how many charts do I have in my backlog? So accordingly, you can assign. So this is manual assignment. We also support automated assignment through different cues and logics if you don't want to do this manually. You can also create custom work lists. So if there is a specific work that you want to divide into buckets, you can select which users you want to give access to. And uh, essentially, you can create criteria for that. So for example, if you want all charts where the pair is UHC, you can do that. You can add an additional filter where let's say the page number of the chart is greater than 50. You can just add that and then 
that is available test four right here for you. So all that work will be available in this to all the users who you've given access to. You can see all your agents, all your users, you can see all your auditors as well. Now, this is just a high level overview. Of course, there's other, you can search, you can filter, do all of that good stuff here. I am going to log out now and show you how the work is actually done. So I am now logging in through a standard user login. So standard user is able to just see their own work. The previous login was a supervisor or manager login. So they're able to see the entire set of work and create work lists, work use, as I mentioned before. So let's open one of these. So there's two things here. There's the data capture, and then there's the document viewer, essentially. So what we are doing here is allowing users to view the document and then also capture any information that is required. And this is totally configurable depending on what the provider wants captured. We can set up the columns to capture all of that. We also support a, a dual monitor view. So if quarters have dual monitors, you can expand the document view on one screen and have the data capture uh, table on the other screen. So as you can see here, uh, I'm going to toggle and select the diagnoses. And it automatically just highlights all the different diagnoses present within the chart. And I can just click on this left lower quadrant pane, and it will show the relevant code there as well, which I can just click. And uh, you can select other details, so on and so forth. But that diagnosis is captured, that code is captured, and you can fill any remaining information that you would like. So it works the same way for procedure as well. And, uh, and then soon we're also incorporating the different types of edits and fair uh, guidelines to make sure that the coders here have access to that if they want to check those things. So that is the demo. Great. Thanks so much, Akarsh. Sorry, um, I just wanted to add one, one yeah. more thing. So just in terms of the value add created by something like this, of course, you know, there's the accuracy piece of it where you have a coder who is throughout the day for seven, eight hours is looking at just pages and pages of documentation. You know, it helps them not miss anything relevant and catch all the different diagnoses and procedures. But uh, equally, if not more importantly, is the speed. So there's different research on this that shows that an approach like this can improve coding speed by up to 20 to 25%, which then means you can see or you can do 20 to 25% more coding in a day or in a specific period of time. It's pretty significant for sure. Any last minute words of advice, marching orders that you would give folks? No, I think, um, you know, if this is something that interests you, as I said, we are in beta. So we're looking for beta customers. What that means is at this point in time, you know, we can work closely with you and uh, just accommodate your needs more. So 
Yeah, definitely a good time. If this is a challenge, if this is a problem your facilities face, then just let us know. We'd be happy to help. Great. Um, and if you've got any interest in becoming a beta user, please reach out as well and I'll get you connected with Akarsh. Thanks so much, Akarsh, for sharing the latest in our coding technology and for sharing your words of wisdom as always. Um, always good to have you here. Always good to be here, Kate. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode is online. For more information for how we can help you increase reimbursements at your company, check out our website at infinix.com. That's I-N-F-I-N-X dot com.